It's Monday, the 2nd of August, 2021. Welcome to Fear and Greed, the business podcast that sets you up for a successful day. I'm Sean Aylmer. Earnings season kicks off this week with the resources, financial services and media companies tipped to start. That's our main story. Also coming up in today's podcast, Queensland goes into lockdown and New South Wales COVID cases surge. National Australia Bank rewards shareholders with a massive buyback. And carbon farming is becoming a lucrative business in Australia. Immediately after the podcast, stay listening for my chat to a company listing on the ASX this month, promising the holy grail of batteries. But first, here's a brief look at markets. Wall Street fell over the weekend with investors concerned about a slowdown in the huge technology companies. Amazon fell 7.6%, its worst daily fall since May 2020, after its earnings for the June quarter disappointed analysts. On top of Facebook and Apple's cautious outlook statements, investors sold down tech stocks and the Nasdaq ended 0.6% lower. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed 0.4% lower and the S&P 500 finished off half a percent. European markets were also weaker with London's FTSE down 0.7% and the stocks Europe 600 down half a percent. The S&P ASX 200 finished 0.3% lower on Friday to 7,392 points. It was a pretty good day really given the sell-off in the tech sector with the information technology index falling 2.5% during the session. US-focused online marketplace Redbubble tumbled more than 11%, the worst on the ASX 200. Afterpay was down more than 5% and computer share was off nearly 3%. Fortescue Metals, which had run hard last week after saying it expected to pay a big dividend, tumbled more than 5% on Friday and was the worst performer of the big stocks. There were a number of companies trading around record highs last week. BHP was one. Others were lithium and iron ore producer mineral resources, Whitehaven Coal, and lithium groups Galaxy, Oracobra, and Pilbara Minerals. Oil prices were unchanged over the weekend, while gold prices fell about 1%. The Aussie dollar is trading at 73.4 US cents. And finally, I spoke a couple of weeks ago about surging coffee prices. Well, last week, they hit a seven-year high on the back of poor weather conditions in Brazil, and were 55% higher than 12 months earlier. In fact, for the first time in a number of years, consumption is expected to exceed production this year. Earnings season kicks off this week amid rising numbers of COVID cases and forecasts that the economy will contract during the current quarter. With the share market trading close to record levels, over the next four weeks, the majority of listed companies will outline their profits for the six months to the end of June. Already Rio Tinto has announced its results, which included a bumper dividend payout. National Australia Bank last week announced a $2.5 billion share buyback, more of that in a moment, but Origin Energy said it would write off $2.25 billion on the back of its poor performance. The four major banks and the three big miners, BHP, Fortescue and Rio Tinto, are seven of the top 10 companies on the bourse. Of the big banks, only Commonwealth Bank will report, and it's expected to announce capital initiatives, returning money to shareholders. Across the bourse, expectations are for a nearly 50% rise in earnings for the full financial year, albeit off from a low base, and for a massive 56% jump in dividends. Resource companies are expected to nearly double profits on the back of higher commodity prices, and banks and media companies are expected to perform well on the back of a strong housing sector and consumer spending. Telcos, general industrials and utilities are not expected to do as well. 
This is going to be a fascinating earnings season. Stocks are relatively expensive at the moment, or in investor parlance, valuations are stretched. Normally, that means it isn't a good time to buy the market. But the confidence of the economic recovery post-COVID is such that many tipsters expect prices to keep rising. However, that confidence has been dented somewhat by the COVID lockdowns in eastern states. Economists expect the economy could contract by 2% this quarter. Uncertainty is the enemy of share price growth, and investors will be watching closely for Chief Executive Officer commentary. It's going to be a very interesting few weeks. In a moment, the rest of the news you need to know this morning. In overseas news, the Chinese leadership said it would more tightly supervise overseas share listings, suggesting more rules for the private sector. Already technology and education stocks have been hammered by new rules out of Beijing. The news won't be good for companies listed on overseas bourses, particularly Wall Street. He's back, sort of. Donald Trump raised more than $100 million during the first half of this year, more than any other Republican. The amount is unprecedented for a former president. It's not clear what he's going to use the money for, but it does demonstrate his influence over the Republican Party. And over 200,000 people marched in Paris over the weekend to protest against COVID-related restrictions in France. It was the third weekend in a row of protests in the country. They came as COVID cases around the world pick up again. In the US, some states, including the populous Florida and Texas, are experiencing big rises of the Delta variant. The number of cases in China is rising. The good news comes out of the United Kingdom, where the number of new cases has fallen. Britain has a relatively high level of vaccination, and hospitalizations and deaths remain subdued. The lesson from all that? Vaccination works. Locally, There was a surge in COVID cases over the weekend. Queensland recorded nine new cases yesterday and seven on Saturday, triggering a lockdown for Greater Brisbane and the closure of a number of schools. Queensland had been a shining light and the shutdown triggered delays and postponements of sporting matches. Yesterday's figures were the most for a 24-hour period for the state since the beginning of the crisis. And while the reaction from the state government was rapid, state premiers have learnt from the New South Wales experience. In that state, the numbers continue to oscillate around the 200-a-day level, with 239 cases announced yesterday. Around 60% of cases were people under the age of 39, and the majority of cases were from West or Southwest Sydney. Most infections were occurring in workplaces and households. The state's Health Minister, Brad Hazard, said he hoped the extended lockdown would end at the end of the month, but it was much too early to tell. Victoria reported six more cases over the weekend, all of which were linked, that state looks to have a good reign on the current outbreak. Back on Friday, the federal and state governments agreed to a four-stage process to live with COVID-19, saying a national adult vaccination rate of between 70 and 80% was optimal, and full freedom was needed with a vaccination rate of at least 80%. We're in the first stage now. The second stage is a vaccination rate of 70%, where vaccinated people would require fewer restrictions, travel would open up, and lockdowns would be less stringent. Prime Minister Scott Morrison is hopeful that will be reached by Christmas. Phase three, at 80% or more, would see the end of broad-based metropolitan lockdowns. Phase four is freedom. National Australia Bank will buy back up to $2.5 billion in shares as it offloads excess capital that it raised just 15 months ago. The bank has also sold MLC wealth and has plenty of capital on its balance sheet. Chief Executive Ross McEwen said the bank could support customers in lockdown cities 
and undertake a share buyback at the same time. Analysts said there was still the potential to do more capital initiatives later in the year. The bank has about $8.5 billion in surplus capital. NAB share price closed up 0.6% on Friday. Seven has been enjoying record ratings during the Olympics, with about three in five people turning on their TV, tuning into the games. The group's streaming service has also reached around 16.6 million people, beating all previous records. Some of the highest rated events were the women's K1 final where kayaker Jessica Fox won bronze, the Matildas quarterfinal win against Great Britain in the football and the 800 metre swimming freestyle final. But the most watched program was the opening ceremony with 3.7 million viewers. The corporate regulator is suing AMP, again, over another fees for no service claim. It comes a fortnight after the Australian Securities and Investments Commission pulled long-running criminal proceedings flowing from the Royal Commission into banking. ASIC has started civil proceedings against six AMP companies that charge fees on corporate superannuation accounts where allegedly no services were provided. The case will be one of the first things for AMP's new chief executive, Alexis George, to think about. Ms George starts her new job today. Good luck. Federal Parliament is due to convene again tomorrow though the COVID outbreak in Queensland has thrown things into turmoil. Any parliamentarian that's been in a Queensland hotspot, which includes opposition leader Anthony Albanese, needs to test negative before entering Parliament House. Lower electricity prices and higher coal and gas costs have hit Origin Energy hard. And on Friday, it said it would recognise a non-cash charge of $2.25 billion for the last financial year. The news surprised analysts and its share price fell 8% to its lowest level in two months. Investors are concerned that if it happened to Origin, it might well have hit Energy Australia and AGL Energy as well. Origin also downgraded its earnings outlook for its core energy business. The impairment reflected a $1.6 billion write-down on the value of its business and a $670 million deferred tax liability. Carbon farming is becoming big business in Australia. Over the weekend, Japanese conglomerate Mitsubishi said it had bought 40% of Australian Integrated Carbon, a carbon farming business. In May, another Japanese group, Mitsui, bought Outback Carbon. And earlier in the year, a group backed by the government-funded Clean Energy Finance Corporation bought Climate Friendly. Carbon farms are carbon offset projects that change land use or management practices to store carbon or reduce greenhouse gas emissions. The Japanese giants can access the carbon credits to offset their emissions. Carbon farming is a business of the future. Seven Group now holds more than two-thirds of Building Materials Group Borville shares and has put two of its people on the board, including our new chairman, Ryan Stokes. And finally, the Olympics. Great weekend to be in lockdown, really. More gold in the pool, one for the BMX riders, one in a laser boat, and an Australian star is born in the 100 metres. That's quite the hairdo, Rowan Browning. But my favourite moment was the 100 metre dashes for men and women. Two new champions, and in the men's race, from a country, Italy, not known for sprinting. Up next is our daily interview, and today I'm getting a science lesson. Dr. Lee Finia is the CEO of LIS Energy, a company that's leading the way on a new type of battery. This battery, developed with Deakin University, could see electric cars run for 1,000 kilometres, so it could well be a game changer. The company is due to list this month, with the IPO valuing it at more than half a billion dollars. 
It's a fascinating conversation, and Lee does a terrific job of simplifying the science for me. That's up next in the Fear and Greed playlist on your podcast platform or at fearandgreed.com.au. And it's a big week coming up in the world of economics, so make sure you listen to our other podcast, Fear and Greed, the week ahead. It's out every Monday, where in about 10 minutes, Stephen Kukoulos and I look at what's happening in economics. We've got the RBA board meeting tomorrow, job ads, building approvals, retail spending, international trade, plenty going on. Stephen and I go through it all in the week ahead in the Fear and Greed playlist. It's Monday, the 2nd of August, 2021. I'm Sean Aylmer, and that was Fear and Greed. Enjoy your day.